Wasn't that wonderful? Already preaching the message for the preacher preaches the message. That is the power of tools like media. And I praise God for His goodness and the opportunity to gather. Isn't it great to be able to freely, without fear, gather before Him and look to Him and praise God? Well, I've been excited about this month and this series when we're talking about margins here in January. And I want to start uh, today with one scripture and use it as the springboard for what we want to believe God to communicate into our minds and our hearts and our lives today. In Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 23. Proverbs 4, beginning in verse 23. says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Today I want to preach a message to you titled, Defining Margin. I want to start this series, Defining Margin, and setting the full scope for what we'll look each week practically. And uh, if you came in today and have not already received a sermon card, will you wave your hand, uh, get attention, and they will bring you a sermon card. And I want to encourage you this week to go back over uh, the card and the scriptures. This is not a three-point message uh, today. And uh, it's not organized that way. And yet this message is filled with depth. And I believe this week as you actually make margin and spacing, go back over it. The Lord will continue to organize it in your heart and mind. And apply it specifically to things that's going on in your life. All right. Well, before I move uh, forth further, I would like to pray. Father, I thank you for access to your throne of grace. I thank you your grace is sufficient. I thank you Jesus Christ is the way. And I thank you through his death, burial, and resurrection. His name is above all names. And I thank you that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I thank you the powers of darkness are defeated off people's minds, of people's marriages, people's lives today in Jesus Christ's name. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would enforce the victory of Jesus. That you would surround us with songs of deliverance. I yield myself to you, Holy Spirit. I pray that Christ would be manifested. That he would be uh, made real to each and every life. And I pray that you would write this very truth and this very... Uh, issue of margins apart our heart and mind. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, if you don't know this about me, I want to go ahead and tell you I am an avid book reader. And I'm still an actual touch kind of book reader. I did try to read one digital book once, and it took me probably the time of reading about three. And uh, But I specifically... Uh, enjoy reading regarding the three main focuses of my life calling and purpose, which is discipleship, leadership, and church planning. And there are some books that I'm able to read faster than others. And there are also some books that while reading them seems more enjoyable. And the interesting thing as I've thought about this that I've found is that it is not just the content that affects this, but the layout of the book especially the margins. See, my ability personally to summarize mentally the content is greatly affected by the layout of the book or are the margins. Also, I have a note-taking system that I started several years ago. And larger margins allow me to take notes faster, thus finishing the books faster. That's why I didn't do too good on a digital book because I had to like touch it and then get a little you know, cursor and then slide my finger and hi highlight it and it took forever. But what am I saying? You might be thinking, Pastor Chad, what's your point? My point is this. Margins in a book are important. In fact, I would suggest to you today the margin affects the rest of the content in the book in some way, whether on a conscious our subconscious level. It's like what Noah Ben Shia said regarding music. It's the space between the notes that makes the music. No music without the space. No space, no music. Well, the content of the book is affected without margin. This leads us to our first question today. What about life? 
What about your life? I would suggest that the space or margin in your life is determining the type of music your life plays. You ever heard that yell, yelling, angry, loud type of music? Sound like they're frustrated and angry? You ever heard that jazz that within uh, some organized thought, though, there's spontaneity and a liveliness about it? Well, I believe that margin in your life is determining the type of music your life is playing. The sound of your life. Frustrated, angry, busy, hurry. Or is within the structure there's some spontaneity. There's some margin for the Holy Spirit to breathe life and creativity. See, the content in the book of your life is greatly being affected by this issue of margin. So we need to ask ourselves then, what is margin? We need to define margin. You see there at the top of the note card that margin is defined as the amount available beyond what is necessary. The space between your current performance and your limits. Notice it says the amount available beyond what is necessary. See, necessary is an interesting word. Because what is truly necessary is seldom agreed upon. Needs and wants are confused most of the time. Maybe you heard the saying of the person who tried to sift life all the way down to what is actually necessary who said, there are only two things you must do in life. Pay your taxes and die. Well, even those are debatable. For some who have found loopholes and offshore accounts, and for us who believe in the rapture, who believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ, we believe that those that will be on the earth in a time, in a twinkling, in the blink of an eye, will be glorified, will pass death and meet the Lord to forever be with Him. But when we talk about what is necessary, I like what Socrates said. The unexamined life is not worth living. I can assure you that the unexamined life is sure to fail at distinguishing what is truly necessary. This is what I love about fasting. Many of us here in the first of the month and the first of the year is taking a season to fast for 21 days. Because fasting allows margin. It allows space. It allows us opportunities that while we are normally spending time traveling to restaurants or out to lunch or eating, it allows margin and space to actually examine life. To examine last year in light of what God has for us, in light of God's purpose for us. To examine our heart, to examine our values, to examine what is taking place in our life. That's what I love about fasting. It allows space to examine our life. Notice the definition said, it's the amount available beyond what is necessary. The amount available beyond what is necessary. Well, I would challenge even that definition today in the English dictionary. Because the truth is, margin itself is necessary. It's necessary for me, it's necessary for this church, and it's necessary for you. The extra space, the margin, is necessary for us. See, margin is necessary to examine life. In fact, the people that never take time to examine life are the people that have no margin. They're constantly running to and fro. They're constantly booked to the ends. They're constantly scattered and running. And because they have no margin, they have no space to examine life. And I believe that Socrates, what he said is true, and you find it in Jesus and the Scripture and the things, is that an unexamined life is not worth living. It will not have weight in the light of eternity. It will not have true value. It will not have true significance. It will not have true life lasting impact. See, margin is necessary to examine life, to examine your life. Margin is necessary to add value to your life, to make possible a life truly worth living. See, margins are necessary, and to have margins, it is then necessary to examine life. See, we need margins that allow us space to edit how life is going. If you want the content in your life, if you want the circumstances, circumstances in your life, if you want the content of your book to change, then you first need margin to examine and edit what's taking place in your life. What's taking place. 
Did you know even the Bible starts off in Genesis 1 speaking of the importance of margin, the importance of space? Go there with me in Genesis chapter 1 beginning in verse 5. Reading out of the New Living Translation says, God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, Let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made the space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. And God called the space sky. Everybody say sky. And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Notice God on the second day of creation. He said, let there be space. Let there be space between the waters. Let there be space to separate the waters of the heaven from the waters of the earth. Let there be space between the waters that are heavenly and the waters that are earthly. And the space was called sky. You ever heard the saying, the sky's the limit? Well, sky is what the space was called. The sky represents the margin. And therefore, the space, the margin, will determine your limit. You remember the definition of margin is the space between your current performance and your limits. See, people think that by doing more and striving more and trying to accomplish more, that the limits of their productivity will increase. But that's not even from the beginning what God teaches us in the creation account. He says, listen, before there can be fruitfulness on the earth, before there can be trees that yield seed that lead to fruitfulness, there's got to be some space. There's got to be a sky. There's got to be a margin between that which is heavenly and that which is earthly. If there's no margin, there's no space, then that which is heavenly, that which is truly significant, that which is truly important will be mixed with that which is just earthly, temporary, and not of significant value in the light of eternity. See, therefore, the space, the margin will determine your limit. If the sky's the limit, then margin is determining the limit for you. Your current margin, your current lack of margin, your habit of margin, or your lack of habit of margin is actually determining your limit. It's de determining the borders of your influence. It's actually determining the productivity you're having for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God, for your business, for your marriage, for areas. The margin, the sky, the space is determining your limit. See, margin is needed. Margin is necessary. It is the necessary space to be able to distinguish what is heavenly, what is earthly. What is a heavenly opportunity versus what is just an earthly opportunity. Without the margin, you'll never have the discernment. You'll never, never have the ability to understand if this door is just a door, but it's a distraction. Or is this really an opportunity that God has for you that will lead you further in the limits and the borders of His influence that He wants to flow out of your life in the purpose He has for you. See, margin is needed in order to distinguish choices in life, opportunities in life, doors in life, to distinguish that which is truly heavenly and God's plan and purpose for your life and that which is truly earthly, your own lust or distractions or the world or other people's opinions or other people's labels for you or other people's wishes for you. See, this is what I love about what's happening right now in the gathering. Some of you, you're so you know full scheduled, you're so out and about running that you need this. We all need this. This gathering is a space. It is a margin where you can get open your heart and open your mind to the Spirit of God and He can speak to you. He can speak to you about something that's happening in your life. He can speak to you about some activities that are in your life. He can speak about issues that are going on in your life. It is this space that gives the Lord access to speak. Access to move. Access to work. To enlighten. See, margin is another kingdom paradox. But this should not surprise us. Jesus' teachings are filled with seemingly paradoxes. For instance, the last is first. The first is last. The greatest has got to be servant to all, even the child. See, the issue of margin is like such paradoxes. In this line of paradoxical thinking, I like what Del Burke said. He said, in order to serve more people, first get away from everyone. In order to speed up, first slow down. 
in order to accomplish more, go take a break. See, that is paradoxical. That is not what our culture thinks. The culture thinks the more I fill my schedule, the more activities I have, the more I try to do, the more productive I will be. The more I'll move forward in what God has for me in His purpose for my life. But it's not. If you want to serve more, if you want to influence more, if you want the borders of your life to touch more with the power and the gospel of Jesus Christ, then first slow down. First have some margin. First have some space. Ye said if you want to speed up first, slow down. It's a paradox. See, the sky's the limit, and margin is determining your limit. Or the lack of margin, should we say, is actually determining your limit. Why is this? This is why. See, if there is no margin, there's no space to examine your life. If there is no margin, there's no space outside of the moment to see beyond the scope of day-to-day -day activities. There's no space, there's no margin to measure your activity. Is it actually productive? Is it actually moving forward towards goals and the plan and the purpose of God? See, you can have, I think what Pastor Craig mentioned last week, or you can have either the same experience for 25 years. Or each year can be a new experience. But without margin, without space, people are so focused on the day-to-day -day activities, they're so focused on getting everything done today that they have no space to even evaluate the activities that's being done each day. And did it actually lead to an increase? And did it actually get you further to God's purpose and plan for your life? Without margin, it doesn't happen. It's like the rat race. You ever heard the saying? It says, even if you win the rat race, the problem is you're still a rat. Still a rat. See, if there's no margin, people are doing, 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 and they're moving and they're busy, but is what we're doing actually have value? Is it actually leading to productivity? Is it actually moving us forward in the things of God? If there's no margin, how do you know? If there's no margin, how can you examine it? How can you weigh it? How can you measure it? How can you begin to discern, well, that's just earthly because it's led to earthly fruit, and the Bible says earthly fruit will pass away. How will you know? See, if there's no space to evaluate, if there's no space to listen to the voice of God, then the clamoring voices around you will get you off course. They'll get a hold of your ear. They'll get a hold of your decisions. They'll get a hold of your path. They'll get a hold of your activities. And before long, you're doing a lot of stuff, and yet none of them are producing the kind of fruit that Christ could produce through your life. I'll never forget when I, uh, we were engaged and I didn't have a job. I don't have time to go on that story. How would you like to be that father-in-law? And uh, I, we, I sat down and went, but listen, I was putting in every possible application. But see, I was doing it trusting in my own ability to get out there and network and work and all that, and no doors would open. But once I shifted from focusing on me and trusting the Lord, He provided he provided the job. See, there's a difference between trusting in our own activity to get us to where we go and having space that allows the Lord's voice and the Lord's Spirit to direct us and how He can produce more fruit than our own efforts. See, this is a faith issue of whether we actually trust that one word from the Lord, one move of the Spirit of God in your heart, one direction, one divine connection, one divine open door can produce productivity for the glory of God more than we could ever produce in our own striving, in our own ability, and filling our schedule with activities and busyness that does not lead to the same productivity. Margins. I'm talking about margins. Margins. Margins to examine life. Margins to give space to hear the voice of God. Margins to give space that in God's light we would see light. We would be able to discern what is truly necessary in our schedule. What is truly necessary in our values. What is truly necessary. See, science even affirms that you think better when you're not stressed, afraid, or depressed. And listen, margin is the space in your life that provides this conducive environment to think clear, to hear better. 
Why is that important? Why, if you want to accomplish more, slow down first? Because if you don't slow down first and get the Spirit of God to lead you, to get the values of God, to get God's direction, then what happens is when you get out there making all the choices and trying to discern what door and what to do, you'll make more mistakes. And when you make more mistakes, it actually causes you to be able to accomplish less because it takes more time than if you would have first sat down at the feet of Jesus and given the Holy Spirit space to speak to you to lead you, to give you His values, to give you His priorities, it would actually lead to more productivity because it would lead to less wrong detours and more wrong, less wrong choices. If you don't want to do it twice, then do it right the first time. The problem is an environment of trying to do it always right the first time when we're busy in the moment, day to day, that is not conducive for us to be able to discern and to make wise choices. you got to make some pre-decisions before the decision. you got to, in the presence of God, get some pre-decisions, get some preparation, get some character, get God's direction, get God's thoughts, get God's wisdom. So in the moment, that space leads to your limit and your productivity increasing. So you think if you're going to reach your limit, then you just need to increase your behaviors. It's not going to happen. Margin is defined by closing the gap between your current behavior and the potential limit and border of Christ's influence through you. And margin, just like sky, will determine your limit. It will determine the influence. It will determine the fruitfulness. It will determine the impact of your life in things that truly matter, things that truly have an eternal weight of glory, things that truly are significant. It will allow you to be able to discern the earthly from the heavenly and the heavenly from the earthly. Notice in the Genesis account, the space that was called sky came after the first day. The first day was marked by God creating light and dividing it from darkness. Some of you, God has already given light through the face of Jesus Christ. And it has separated you from the kingdom of darkness. You're born again. You have been living prophetically in a day one experience. You have been transfer transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But today is going to be a memorable moment for you to move prophetically into a day two experience. Into a season of learning to have margin. In a season of learning to have space that protects the heavenly in your life and sifts out the earthly. See, it's one thing to be born again. It's one thing to have God's light through the face of Jesus Christ shine in your heart and you're a child of God. It's another thing to begin to understand prophetically the day two of God that the sky, the margin will determine the limit then that Christ in you can influence those around you. It will determine the influence and the impact of fruitfulness in your life. Some of you need prophetically the Spirit of God to move you just out of being born again, just out of having the light that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior into a day to have experienced that you need margin. You need to first slow down in order to speed up. You need to have space for God to work and to speak in your life. And only that will cause the limits of your influence and the borders of your life to expand to the capacity and the potential that Christ in you can accomplish. The day two experience. Do you know even at the end of the creation account, day seven, was a day designated with the truth that margin is needed? It says God rested on the seventh day. God blessed the seventh day. This truth has continued the, the, the shadow of it in the Ten Commandments with the Sabbath. But all of that was just a shadow. The substance is found in Hebrews 4. And it's fulfilled in Christ where it says, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Notice this. Entering the Lord's rest equals the ceasing of your works. See, you think the more you work, the more fruitfulness happens. No, 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 no. The more you have margin that helps you guard your heart and enter the rest of Christ and hide your life in Christ, allows Christ then to work through your life, which leads to more productivity and expands the limits and the capacity that God can do in your life. 
See, the Bible says if you want to fear anything, don't fear that you're not doing enough. Fear that you've not entered the rest, that you're not abiding the rest. Why? Because the margin determines the limit. The sky determines the limit. If you're not resting in Jesus Christ, then Christ cannot work through you. And Christ can accomplish more through you than you could ever accomplish. Is that not what Jesus said in John 15? Without me, you can accomplish nothing that is lasting, that is of true value, that is of true significance. Margin is necessary because the examined life, the unexamined life, is not worth living. Abide in me, Jesus said. Abide in my rest. Slow up to go faster. Give me space and rest in my works. Rest in what I've accomplished to get more accomplished. Ain't it great that there is a rest for the people of God? That you don't, through your own striving, have to cleanse yourself of guilt? That you don't have to work your way to heaven? That you don't have to work your way out of shame? That you don't have to earn forgiveness? You don't have to earn peace with God? You don't have to earn acceptance with the Father? That Jesus Christ's work, work has allow the rest, that you can rest knowing that Jesus has done it, that He is the way, He is peace with God, He is forgiveness of sins, that He is your righteousness and right standing with God. I like what Martin Luther said. He says, in fact, I have so much to do that I shall have to spend the first three hours in prayer. Oh, I'm so busy, I don't have time, I don't have space for God, I don't have space to gather, I don't have space to, to draw near and let the Word of God speak to me to grow. No, 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 what you don't understand. Because you have so much going on, then you need the margin to let God lead you and let God guide you and let God give you discernment and let God help you make some pre-decisions before the decision because in the moment you'll get so busy that if you don't already have the eternal perspective and the Word of God and the Spirit of God preparing you, you'll make wrong decisions and wrong decisions decisions will hinder you from actually accomplishing more. You'll repeat the same mistakes. Repeat the same issues. See, with no margin, you will not be able to follow the way of wisdom, the way of Jesus, this way of rest. What did Proverbs 4.23 say when we started off? Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Notice a person that has no margins... In their life, Proverbs says, that's because it's a heart issue. It says all of the issues of life, all of the space of your life, all of the time of your life, the priority and the values of life is all determined by your heart. That's why the Spirit of Wisdom says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So if I have no room for margin, if I have no space for God, if I have no space for the Holy Spirit to work in me, to guide me, to speak to me, then that is a heart issue. See, margin is a heart issue. Because the issues of the heart become the issues of your life. Meaning if you have no margin in your life, it's a reflection of your heart. One translation even says, keep your heart with all diligence, for it determines the borders of of your life. Is that not interesting? No space, limited borders. No space, no margin, limited productivity, true productivity. But guard the heart by having margin actually causes then the issues of my life to become abounding with the life of Christ and the will of God. It determines the margins and the space between your current performance and your limits. Heart does. Your heart will determine your margin. It will determine your lack of margin. It will determine the habit or lack of habit of having margin. You say, I have such a hurried life. Listen to what John Ordberg says. Hurry is not about a disordered schedule. It is about a disordered heart. Everything flows out of the heart. Keep your heart with all diligence because all the issues of life are coming from your heart. That's what the Word of wisdom, the Bible, the Word of God says. Hurry's not a disordered schedule. It's a disordered heart. 
Because the issues of our schedule, the issues of our life, is springing from our heart. To have the right kind of margin in our life, we must first have what's right in the midst of our heart. If we're going to have the right kind of margin of our life, if we're going to have the right experience in our life, if we're going to have the right potential for productivity in God's will for our life, then we must first have what's right in the midst of our heart. Why? Because what's in the midst of your heart is determining what you're having in your life. See, a lot of people want to change first what's, what their schedule and change first what's happening in their life. They want to plan more. They want to do more. They want to have more goals this year. They want to reach further than they've ever reached before. But they don't understand. It's first your heart that's determining the issues. If all you do is play with the issues, it will not change your experience. It starts what's in the midst of your heart. This is why the Spirit of Wisdom in Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Because what's in the midst of your heart affects what's on your mouth. It affects what comes out of your lips. It affects where your eyes focus on and fixate on. It affects your path. It affects your steps. It affects all the issues of life. And that's why wisdom says, keep the Word in your heart. And we're not just talking about Scripture. So we'll see. I'm talking about what the Spirit of God is saying to you in this season. I'm talking about what the finger of God has His finger on in your heart. I'm talking about what you know God's been dealing with you a month, two months, six months, a year, some of you five years, some of you ten years, and that area is not allowing the Word, the now Word of God, the rhema Word of God to be in the midst of your heart, and that's why your issues ain't changing. That's why the business is not turning around. That's why the marriage is not moving forward. That's why you don't have the grace to disciple your children. That's why you don't have the wisdom to reach your neighbors. Is because it all boils down to you're not a Allowing God's now word have a place in your heart in the midst of your heart determines all the issues of your life. And he says in verse 4 of chapter 4, wisdom says, He also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Notice he says, let what God is saying to you now, let what God is dealing with you about now, let it be prioritized in your life. Let it stay in the midst of your heart. Don't allow distractions and things to push it aside. Let it be in the middle of your heart because if not, here's what will happen. You will forget and forsake that which is heavenly in your life. With no margin for God's Word in the midst of your heart, you will forget and forsake that which is of heavenly value. And that's just where you have more activity and you have a lot on your schedule and a lot on your plate and you're doing, 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 but you have forsaken and forgotten that which is truly of heavenly value, of heavenly priorities, of God's heavenly purpose for your life because you're not allowing what God's saying to you today. And some of you, maybe there's bitterness, maybe there's anger. And I'm telling you, God is saying, listen, let it go. The blood of Jesus and the power of God's grace is bigger than what people have done to you. It's bigger than what people have said about you. Let it go. Let His Word be in the midst of your heart. See, if you will allow the Lord to prune what is in your heart, it will promote the right values in your life. And the Bible says wisdom will promote you. Pruning leads to the right kind of promotion and production. You want the right kind of promotion? You want actually your limits to expand in a healthy way by God's hand, by God's grace, by the work of Christ through you? You want your capacity to influence more and accomplish more because it's Christ doing the work through you? Then here's what he says. What does he say? He says, first be pruned. Let the things that's got in the midst of your heart, let them be pruned, and then it will lead to the right kind of promotion and the right kind of production in your life. So heed what Proverbs 4.26 says, Ponder the path of your feet 
And let all your ways be established. See, we want our marriage to be established with God's will. We want our kids to be established with God's will. We want our business and our career to be established with God's will. But before you can have your ways established, before you can have the issues of your life established with experiencing what Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you have to first ponder. Ponder, ponder, ponder. you got to first make some margin and some space so that you can see your issues in the light of God's light. That you can get His Word, His wisdom in the midst of your heart about that area. See, it first starts on the inside before it shows up on the outside. And that's why it seems like a paradox to us. Because we think if there's natural issues in our life, then we got to start with naturally doing more or, or focusing on it more. No, no, no. Listen, the sky's the limit to your marriage. The margin you have for God to speak and to work regarding your mar marriage determines the limit of it. The margin you have for God to speak and direct you regarding your career and business determines the limit of it. It all starts with margin. Every area with margin. Ponder. Have the examined life. Listen to me. No margin in your life equals yes misery. If you have a no towards margin, you will automatically get a yes towards misery. No margin equals yes misery. This is what you see in Proverbs 5 and 13. Watch this. It says, I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation. Now, if we just read the first part of that voice, it wouldn't be so alarming. I'm in total ruin. But this is the person who's in total ruin. Businesses, marriages, things, everything's about to fall apart. And yet, they're right here in the gathering. They're right in the midst of the assembly of God's people. What it's saying is just showing up's not enough. Playing religion's not enough. It's a start, but it's not the end. Because here was a person who didn't listen to the voice of what God was saying and didn't keep it in the midst of their heart. And they didn't incline their ear to the instruction of God's Spirit. And they had no space in their heart for God's Word. And yet they're on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly. See, many of you can have either a midlife crisis or a mid-course correction. Can either have a midlife crisis... Or a mid-course correction. What's the difference? Here it is. A midlife crisis is what we just read of. A person that's not allowed the word of God, the now word, what God's speaking to them, to be in the midst of their heart. And they're still on the verge of total ruin. You see, this often happens when men and women get busy in their career. While never having enough margin to examine the underlying values that are driving them. When never having enough margin to ponder the path of their feet and where their life is truly heading. Then after years of hard work and climbing a corporate ladder, they begin to experience some benefits. They begin to experience some freedoms that give them more margin in their life. They now have more margin with their time. They now have more margin in their finances. They now have more margin in their attention span. They now have more margin in their emotional tank. But because they do not have the space in the midst of their heart filled with God's Word, then they feel the newfound margin in their life with lust. Because they don't have in the midst of their heart what God's saying to them, then when they finally have more margin, they are vulnerable of then filling that margin with lust, with temporary things. Because what did God say when He said, let there be space, let there be a sky? It distinguished and divided that which is heavenly from that which is earthly. And it's commonly, this is commonly called a midlife crisis. People begin to make off-the-wall decisions. They start filling space with things that are, just seem crazy and lustful and destructive. Listen to me. God's not trying to keep things from you. Those things will destroy your life. Sin, it will not, it will, there's, you can't play around with it. Sin has one purpose for you, and that's to destroy you. And it's God's love trying to say, listen, have some mid-course corrections, and God's wanting to protect you from sin's destruction. God's not trying to keep you from joy and peace. He's trying to get you to experience joy and peace and fulfillment. Been there, done that. I like what Eugene Peterson said. An excellent way to test people's values is to observe what we do when we don't have to do anything. How we spend our leisure time, how we spend our extra money.
It should say, when we don't have to do anything. You know, people say, well, the idle mind's the devil's playground. Yeah, the unrenewed mind. The mind that's never had space and margin to see what is God's values for my life. Why am I working this career? Where am I going? What is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of all that? Yeah, an idle mind, a mind that then gets space and gets more margin. Yeah, then it will be filled with the devil's desires and delight for your life. But if you first get margin, and you give space to the Word of God in the midst of your heart, then that margin will increase your limit. And then any increase in margin, guess what? You won't fill it with lust. You'll fill it with the purpose of Christ increasing through you. You say, listen, I've only been able to pray for my family up to this time, but now I can begin to, because i got more margin, pray for my neighbors. Pray for my second cousins. Pray for my extended family. I've only at this time been able to pastor and lead and influence my family, but now I have some space. Well, I'm not going to fill it with lust. I can fill it with, now I can begin to reach out to my neighbors. Now I can begin to reach out to my coworkers. Now... More margin leads to a more manifestation of Jesus Christ in my life, in your life. This is what's possible. It reminds me of what Dave Kraft said in an article titled Seven Habits of Highly Ineffective People. If you want to be ineffective, raise your hand. Let's see who we need to pray for. You want to be ineffective? <laughs> Listen, it was a play off of the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Well, he writes an article. Here's seven ha habits of highly ineffective leaders. Here's what he says. They spend too much time doing, not enough time planning. See, planning and pondering can, and examining only happens when there's margin, when there's space. And the planning and the pondering is where are we heading? Where are we going to end up? And that type of space allows mid-course corrections before it leads to a mid-life crisis. A discerning of, I've let some earthly values come in. I've let some earthly priorities come in. I've allowed some earthly ambitions come in. But the space has allowed the light of God, the Spirit of God, to work and to begin to divide and distinguish and give you discernment again that those things are trying to rob you from you reaching the borders and the limits of your capacity in Christ manifesting in you and through you. The prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah 6 and 16, he heralds, it says, thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see. Notice you got to stand to see. See, no margins and you're busy, daily activities, doing, 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 doing. You'll never see. You'll never have the discernment to see what's actually taking place, where you're actually going. Stand in the ways and see. Ask for the old paths where the good way is. God's got a good way for you. He's trying to help you this morning. And walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Also, I've set a watchman over you saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. Understand there's space between the notes. They said, we will not listen. See, we can stand and have margin in space and then we can see in the light of His presence. We can slow down in order to hear the voice of God that allows us then to speed up in true productivity and increasing our capacity and productivity. And the space can allow a mid-course correction. And we can have a continual course correction if we will allow the Holy Spirit to put in our life today the habit of having margin. Margin to be in the presence of God in order for His light to evaluate. Heavenly versus earthly values in our heart. His light and space to ponder the path of our feet. To foresee where our current decisions will inevitably lead us. To determine if that is where we want to find ourselves after a decade. You can't get 10 years back. What about two decades after 20 years? What about four decades for some of us? It is the space needed to begin to get God's wisdom and God's light that the path we're on, where it will take us in a decade from now, in two decades from now. And if we don't have the space, God can never give us a mid-course correction. And then we find ourselves a decade, two decades, four decades where we do not want to be with no value, with no significance, feeling empty, got the very things we were run after, but yet we're empty all because of no margin to learn to keep his word in the midst of our heart that then causes the issues of our life to be fruitful and bountiful with the plan and purpose of God for us. See, two of the most two of the seasons that led to the most productivity, kingdom productivity in my life were seasons with a lot of space. The first is when Michelle and I was sent out by a church. We used to be on staff and pastor 
uh, at, to plant a church in the Philippines. Well, in the Philippines, I didn't have a vehicle. Even if I had a vehicle, I probably wouldn't drive it if you've been over there because all you hear is honking because no one obeys laws. They do what they want. And uh, in fact, on Sunday mornings when they would drive me to the gathering that I had to preach, uh, someone had to pick me up. We didn't have a car. And I would close my eyes the entire way <laughs> just so I could keep my mind on the things above, not the fact that I'm about to looks like have a wreck and die. <laughs> so what does it mean when you don't have a car and you're in your house for seven days a week? What does that equal? That equals space. That equals margin. And it was in that space and margin where the Holy Spirit began to take what He had taken me through and how He had brought me out of the dysfunction of religion and doing everything I knew to try to live this life of Christianity New Testament. And then He began to organize it in my mind and heart to become what is now called the divine design for discipleship. It was that margin, it was that space that then led to that. And God has used that as productivity for His kingdom and resources for our family so that we can continue to minister the gospel. The second major preparation season for productivity is when my wife and I first moved up here four years ago. Full of vision, full of the purpose of God, full of God's desire for a movement of seeing people manifesting Christ in many ways to many people, of gathering people to Jesus Christ and leading them to biblical maturity for the multiplication of believers, leaders, and churches. And yet it is completely, completely slow. And not the pace that we thought of fruitfulness. What happens when you want to pastor more people but there's not more people to pastor? What happens when you want to preach to more people and there's not more people to preach? What happens when you want to mentor people but there's not more relationships you have to mentor people? What does that equal? That equals space. That equals margin. And it's in that space and margin God began to write upon my heart and mind things that were not written upon my heart and mind before. Maybe I knew them, but He began to give me uh, uh, messages and, and, and series that will continue to affect people for His kingdom. The will of God. Seed time and harvest. Disciple definers. Things that radically changed values and directions and became uh, monumental and foundational for my life and my family's life, for this church, for this movement. What am I saying? I'm saying space. I like how Mark Batterson, he puts it in an equation. He says, listen, do you need a change of perspective? Here's how, what he says. Change of pace plus change of place. Change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. Some of you, you need to change your place. Instead of waking up and going to your to-do list and going on media and Facebook and all that, you need to find a new place. You need to get in the secret place. And you need to make some room in the midst of your heart, in the midst of your life, in the midst of your schedule for God's Word to speak, for the Spirit of God to write some direction, some wisdom on your heart and mind. And that change of pace and change of place will lead to a change of perspective and it will determine the limit of your life, the limit of your career, the limit of your productivity, the limit of your marriage and finances and every issue of life. I like what Lance Went said. He said, when my values get clear, decisions get simple. When my values get clear, decisions get simple. But you know why most people just busy, busy, activity, activity, activity? Because they've never first found space and margin to evaluate and examine what they're doing in the first place. So their life is filled with complexities because the inner world, their heart, is disordered. And therefore the issues of their life are disordered. And they're constantly always drowning and feeling overwhelmed because they have not had space to get the Word of God and the space in the midst of their heart, which then begins to bring order and alignment to God's will in areas of their life. Lance Witz gives a simple uh, equation as well. If you want more simplicity in, in your life, here's what he says. Clarity plus courage plus calendar equals simplicity. Clarity plus courage plus calendar equals simplicity. I like what Mindy Caliguer said. Simplicity means taking action to align one's exterior world with one's interior values and commitment to God. But without having margins, you'll not have an examined life and you won't know what values are driving you anyway. You won't even know what values are driving your business, your marriage, everything. And before long, it's been a decade, two decades, three decades, and you find yourself saying, how in the world I got here because of no margin. You hear me today. Margin. I'll never forget that after trying to live this thing out and hitting failure again many years ago, God began to deal with me about the importance of margin, having space for the secret place and being with Him. 
And the Holy Spirit began to form that habit in my life. And here's the thing the Lord told me. He took me to the story of Mary and Martha. And I read it. And Martha was activity-oriented and new things. And I'm activity-oriented. And I have things I want to accomplish. But he began to say, listen, there's one thing that's needed. And Mary has chosen the one thing that's needed. The one thing that's needed is first have the margin and space to sit at my feet and hear my word. Why? Because if you don't know his word about what you're doing, then how do you know you're doing what he wants you to do? And the Lord told me, he said, listen, I will never take that space from you. What does that mean? Listen, here's what it means. The Father, if he would give up his only son, Jesus Christ, and love for us and love for you, how much more does he not want to freely give you all things that pertain to life and godliness? What does that mean? Listen, the Father wants to be with you more than you want to be with him. And that's why he said, if you will purpose and allow the Holy Spirit to form the habit of margins in your life, that one thing is needed, and I will never allow you to be in a season, to be at a job, to be at a place where that thing is taken from you. Because to take that margin and space to be in the secret place is taking the Father from the very thing that he wants above everything, which is you. See, listen. You don't want to lessen the space. You want to increase your limits. See, the temptation says, I want to do more for God. I want to increase my limits. I want to accomplish more. I want to be productive. Because I have so much to do, I don't have time to have margin to examine life, to be in the presence of God, to hear His Word, to keep it in the midst of our, my heart. So what people do is they begin to remove margin and remove space from their life in order to try to accomplish more. No, 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 listen. You don't want to remove and limit the space. You don't want to lessen the margin because the margin is what's actually determining your limit. What you want is you want to keep the right margin but have Christ increase your limits. What am I saying? You want to have Christ grow Himself and His ability in your life. See, some of you, the problem is, is you're still trying to do it on your own and you need to keep dying to your limits so that His limit can be raised up and live through you. You need to die of thinking that you have the wisdom and get where He wants your business to get, your marriage to get, your finances to get, your life to get. You need to die to all that so that Christ in you can raise up and show you that I'm able to carry that weight. I'm able to increase your capacity because it's me shouldering the weight. And when you let me shoulder the weight, you experience the benefit of it. And my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And that's why the prophet says, if you'll stand, you'll see. And then and only then will you find rest for your souls. But there must first be margin. Don't get rid of the margin to try to increase your limits. No, keep your margin and let Christ increase your trust and faith that He's able to accomplish more than you could ever accomplish by His power at work within you. Learn to trust and yield. Give more areas surrendering to Him. See, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1, God will burden you beyond your current measure, but not beyond your needed margin. Listen to that. God will burden you beyond your current measure, but not beyond your needed margin. The more life and things come in your life, He's not trying to remove margin. What He's trying to show you is, is you need to increase the measure of Christ in your life. They're just coming up here to play music. Listen. Listen. He's not trying to remove your margin when He directs you to new doors, when He takes your trust without borders. What He's trying to show you is, is the measure of Christ in you needs to increase. You need to learn to depend on the mind of Christ more in that area. You need to trust in the character of Christ more in that area. You need to trust more in the sufficiency and the capacity of Christ in that area. He's not trying to remove your margin. He's trying to increase your trust in the measure of Christ being formed in your life. Because He's able to handle it. He's able to do more than you could ever do. He's able to carry more plates than you can ever carry. He's able. See, well, you know what I say to book writers as an avid reader? If you're a writer and you want more words on the page, dear God, please do not lessen the margins. 
but increase the page size. And that's the same thing God and His Spirit is saying to me and to you and to every one of us today. Is, dear God, if you want to accomplish more, if you want to see the limits of your capacity increase, then, dear God, don't remove the margin. Let the measure of Christ increase your capacity. To trust that He is sufficient. To trust He is well able. Let God arise and let the enemies be scattered. Let God arise and the measure of Christ rise in your life. And let Him give you discernment on what's currently in your life. But as of earthly value that needs to be sifted. But let Him show you that these things in your life is what's leading to the productivity. Leading to the growth. And may those values be stamped and written upon your heart and mind. Don't get rid of the margins. Let Christ and His measure increase. Give Him more areas of your soul to handle. Give Him more problems and more areas of your business and more areas of your marriage. Give Him more of those and let Him increase in you and watch how He's able to shoulder it. He's able to walk through it. He's able to overcome. Because the Bible says He does all things well. And He's able to do it well through you. But until you enter His rest, until you have margin, He doesn't work. But if you'll get margin, and you'll die to those things, and you'll die to thinking that you can accomplish more and change more, then He'll begin to work, and He'll increase His measure in your life. See, I don't do less now than I do before. As far as kingdom productivity. Fruitfulness, way more than back then. He will expand your capacity to be used of Him. He will expand your life to manifest Him more. But never by lessening your margin. The space for Him to speak. The space for Him to lead. Jesus, during His ministry, said, essentially margin matters. I want to leave you with a picture today. Jesus, in Matthew 13, He tells the parable of the sower. He says, basically every heart on the planet It's like one of these four conditions. He said, some hearts, there's just absolutely no margin at all. It's a stony. No margin at all. And and when they hear the word of the kingdom, instantly the enemy takes it. He who hears the word by the wayside. Then he said, some hearts are like stony places. It seems to spring up. There seems to be an emotional response. But these people have no margin for tribulation and persecution because of Christ in them. You know what these are? These are people that want to add Jesus to their life because they think Jesus is going to just be like a genie and give them all the riches they want, all the wishes they want, fulfill all the dreams that God exists to serve them. And they have no margin for persecution and tribulation for the increase in Christ in them. But let me remind you today that it was out of the death of Jesus that His resurrection power came. Persecution and tribulation is necessary ingredient so Christ in you can increase. People are going to talk about you. People are not going to like you. People are going to throw manure on you. Oh, it's all things needed as fertilizer for the fruit of Christ to increase, for the measure of Christ to increase in your life. But here are people that had no margin for it. Tell me that Jesus stuff that deals with difficulties. But Paul said, oh, brothers, disciples, listen, continue in the faith. It's through much tribulation. That we enter the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? It's You enter more peace. You enter more, more joy. More of experiencing God's rightness in areas of your life. Then there was those where the seed of the kingdom fell among the thorns. The Bible defines the thorns as cares of this life. The deceitfulness of riches. The American dream. Running after riches and building their own kingdom. And the cares of this life. Luke account says the pleasures of this life. And those things began to take margin that belongs to the Lord. And the Bible says those people are not fruitful. What do you mean? They come to church Sunday after Sunday in America. Yeah, there's a form of godliness but no power to produce true fruit. Lasting fruit. Fruit that can endure through tribulation and difficulties and circumstances. In the valleys, in the pits, and on the mountaintops. Fruitfulness because of Christ is formed and living through those areas. See, these are people who said, listen... Give me Jesus. Yes, give me heaven. Give me escape from hell. Just don't be king of my life. The problem is the Bible says this is the word of the kingdom. And there's no kingdom without a king. And a king owns everything. 
Paul said in Philippians 3, there's people who walk. There's people that do religion. There's people that, you know, go to gathering. But listen, they're enemies of the cross. They're en enemies of the word of the kingdom. They're enemies that, listen, the word of the kingdom is he's king. Chad's not king. This is not my life. It's not really my marriage. It's not my children. It's not my finances. It's not my schedule or priority. The word of the kingdom, as we sang, he's Lord. He is king. And it's only the people that get to number four that he says is a good ground that leads to actual fruit. Everybody else is not bearing fruit. They're unable to bear fruit for God. Only the one, he says, who understands is the good. Understands what? Understands that it's no longer their life. That that's what they repented of. That they were separated from God. They were a sinner. And in the light of God's holiness, they realized my life could never produce the beauty of Christ through it. My life could never bless anybody. My life could never uh, create the fruit that Christ can create. And that's why I repent. I'm unfit to live. I die to myself so that Christ can live through me. This is the understanding. And without the understanding, there's not a heart and not a life that can lead to true kingdom fruit. Some 30, some 60, some a hundred fold. See, good ground is ground that has no space and no margin except that which is actually Jesus' margin and space. What's that mean? They don't compartmentalize Jesus. They let Him be Lord over everything. There's nothing hidden. There's nothing reserved. He is Lord or He's not Lord at all. 1 John 5.20 says this, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. Notice this. He's given an understanding. That we may know Him who is true. We are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. What is the understanding? It's not your life. If it's your life, there'll be no kingdom fruit. But if there's no place in your heart, if there's no place in your marriage, there's no place in your business, there's no place in your schedule that is not acknowledged to be His. If there's no place, He'll, he'll live His fruitfulness through you. That's the good ground. Paul said this and throughout his teachings. He said, listen, Jesus died for all that those who live would no longer live for themselves, but live for Him who died and rose for them. Philippians 1.21, he said, For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Colossians 3.3, he said, You died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. See, the margin will determine the content and the values of your life. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I live, but Christ that lives in me. The good ground, the fruitful ground, is the one that says there's nothing that's mine. And I have no other true Christianity to offer to you today. I have no other true way to experience true joy and true peace and the true power of Christ living in you and through you actually causing your capacity to expand but if you're willing to do what Jesus says to do in the picture if you're willing to get the understanding that there is nothing that he's not to be Lord over then his fruit can abound in your life I want to encourage you to stand Rachel's going to sing. I encourage you to close your eyes. And I want you to think about. I want you to ponder. I want you to ponder. I want your life to be examined right now. I'm not talking about if you prayed a prayer before. I'm not talking about if you grew up in church. I'm talking about do you have the understanding today that your life is not your life. That your life is his life. Completely surrender. Completely lay down. That he may take it up again.
Listen, his life cannot be resurrected in your life if you still have the understanding that it's your life. The understanding is God has sent his son and the son is the life. He is Lord of all. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not talking about if you've ever prayed a prayer or I want to put all that theological stuff aside. I want to ask, do you have this understanding today? That there's no place in our heart, there's no place in our life that's not to be His place. That He's not to be Lord over. Maybe today you need to surrender all of you. So that all of Him can work in your life. I'm not going to embarrass you with that. You raise your hand up and write back down. I want to know who I need to pray for today. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Lord, I pray for these people. God, I pray for the very, by the very Spirit of God that you would so apply the power of the cross, the death and resurrection, that all of them would die so that all of you, Christ, would be raised in them and live through them. Holy Spirit, I ask you to move in lives today. Give people the revelation and the understanding that it's no longer their life, but it's your life. Give us the habit and grace to have margin, margin that guards us from forgetting and forsaking this understanding. Abiding in your rest so that you can work and produce through us. Father, I pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Let God's light shine. Well, listen, we love you all the rest of the month, this series. Today, we just wanted to sort of surround it. Get some invites on your way out. Get it out to the hands of co-workers, friends, neighbors, people at restaurants. We'll see you back here, same time, same place next week. Go and please. Uh, peace. We love you. God bless you.